Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. We're starting a brand new series. First of all, my name is Joel. Uh, if you're newer to our church, welcome. We're glad you're here. And uh, we're starting a brand new series uh, today called Love of Strangers. Now, when you hear the word hospitality, what comes to mind? You might think of like hotels or restaurants, like the hospitality industry, or maybe you think about having friends over for dinner. Maybe you think about charcuterie boards and like wine and fondue and, and you know, cooking a steak or whatever. You, you might think of these things when the word hospitality comes to mind. I have friends. Uh, does anybody have a friend who's like really good at hosting people? Yeah, everybody needs friends like that. They're, they're just like amazing at hosting you. We, my wife and I have these friends that are such gracious hosts and they introduced us to this thing called the raclette. Have you ever heard of it? It's like a fondue, but it's like a skillet and, and you cook. Anyways, these people are just, they're great at what we call hospitality. And then in the Bible, there's some instructions, uh, particularly in the New Testament, about hospitality. And so when we hear um, these words, when we hear the Bible talk about hospitality, is the Bible commanding us to have our friends over for dinner? Is, is this word hospitality in the Bible, is that what, what they're telling us? Are we supposed to have like a biblical pizza party? Like, is that, is that what's going on? Do we get one of those, you know, remember those massive subs, the, the subway ones? Like they're like a foot long or a meter long, a foot long. Uh, anyways, um, but what exactly is the Bible saying when you hear um, the command to be hospitable? Um, as we I sort of worked through um, what, where we were going as a church and what was going to happen in our next series, I just felt God impressing on me the word hospitality. I'd recent, go, recently gone through um, a situation where um, some people were just really hospitable to my wife and I, and it was just left this deep impression on me that uh, where does this fit for us as believers? And so digging into the word hospitality, um, the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible states hospitality in this way. Hospitality is the biblical concept often used with the terms guest, stranger, or, or, and sojourner. It is useful to limit the meaning of hospitality to benevolence done to those, look at this, outside one's normal circle of friends, as implied in the literal meaning of the Greek word, love of strangers. So the Greek translation of hospitality is love of strangers. And this is what we're going to be focused on for the next four weeks together. What might the Bible be telling us about how to treat people outside of our close circle of friends? We think of this word hospitality, we, we do think about having our close circle of friends over, you know, but the Bible uh, states it in a way that says it's actually about taking care of those that might not be in that close circle of friends yet. We're going to take a look at three of the main verses that use the word hospitality from the New Testament this morning. And the first one is this, Romans 12, 13. It says, uh, contribute to the needs of the saints and 
seek to show hospitality. Now notice there's a separation in the verse. It says to take care of those in your close circle of friends. Love, love those people. You know, we would, we would be the, the saints as the Bible's talking about. Your friends, the people in the church with you, like take care of those needs. But then there's a separation and seek to show hospitality. What is that, that separation? It's, it's interesting because I, know, I don't know about you, but often for me, when I, I think about people's needs who I don't know, or I think about somebody like going through something that I'm not connected to, my, my, often, uh, my position towards them is, I don't know you, you're not my problem. Anybody else? <laughs> like, you just feel like, ah, you know, that I don't know that person. They're, they're having some problems. Ah, that, that sucks for them, but it's not my problem. Am I the only one who feels that way sometimes? Okay, right? And, and, and I know we, we want the comfort of familiarity, which is normal. God is not trying to take away our close circle of friends. Okay, he's not, these verses aren't saying like, reject everybody you know and just be this person who just takes care of strangers. But, but there's, a, there's a sort of a, a crossroads here where the Bible's saying, hey, yeah, love those people that you're friends with and you're connected with but there's also this other group of people and you're to seek to show hospitality to them. What happens is we can become so drawn to these people that we know and love that it actually becomes a dysfunction for us. And everywhere we look, we're only connected to the, 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 you know, our close friends. And then when we're supposed to be a light of the world, there's no darkness that we ever go into and it actually drowns out our light. That is just, we're just around light all the time, but God is commanding us to go into darkness to seek to show hospitality. And that's part of how we're made to be a light into the world. And when we ask Jesus into our heart, we unfortunately made a decision to change our way of life. I say unfortunately because it's difficult sometimes, isn't it? You read the Bible or you hear a message that challenges you and you go, there's got to be a way I can translate that to say that that person's wrong. I, I don't want to deal with that. I, I, I might not want to change my life or, or do what, what God has called me to do. But loving people who are not our friends is obedience to God. Loving people who are not our friends yet is obedience to God. But you know what makes us, do you know what makes me miserable? Do you know what makes us miserable as followers of Jesus? When we hand our lives over to him, and then when we don't like what he's calling us to do, we take it back. It makes us miserable because we're living in between two worlds. And, and, and so often, this is the temptation is, Jesus called us to do something. We're like, no, Jesus, give me, give me control of my life again. But God gave us a command to seek, to show hospitality, to be on the lookout, to love a stranger. So let's look at another way this is presented in Hebrews chapter 13, one and two. It says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. So when we serve people, we're serving God. Because we know we're often serving somebody that doesn't deserve that. Or we're wishing, oh man, I wish someone would serve me this way. But when we serve people in this way, we're also serving God. We can be encouraged in that, that when you love people, you're loving God. Our service to God consists of hospitality. 
So what do we do? How do we love a stranger? You know, a simple conversation, even in the lobby of our church today, could be a way that we love a stranger. I think for a lot of us, it's not necessarily having to start some big ministry that loves strangers and has all these moving parts and it's like such a big deal that we have to rearrange our entire life for. It's just simply intentionality. Deciding that we're gonna have our head up to the world around us and that we're, we're not just gonna be you know, stuck in, in whatever is our problem and whatever is in front of us in the day-to-day, but just uh, putting our heads up and saying, God, how can I serve you today? Come on, isn't he such a great God? Hasn't he blessed us with so much? We, we live in an incredible country. Man, we have, and so many of us have incredible friends, incredible jobs, and, 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 and families, and whatever, you, whatever your blessings you might have in your life, we're all blessed in so many ways. And this is a way we can give back to God. By just putting our heads up and saying, God, would you help me see a stranger's need today and how I could love them, how I can show the, the love of Jesus to them, how I can encourage them, how I could lift someone's life up. God, would you put that purpose on my heart today? Our service of God consists of hospitality. Maybe it's just a conversation in the lobby of church today. Maybe it's listening to somebody. How, many, how hard is it to listen to people sometimes? You know, we got our own problems. We got our own things going on. But just actively looking for opportunities, maybe to include someone, to just opening up our circle, literally, practically, and including someone, or kindness to a teacher or fellow parent at a school, or maybe even an invitation to your house. The point is that we don't get to decide how God should be served. That this is a way that it says in this verse in Hebrews, that this is a way that we're serving God. We didn't even realize it but we don't get to decide how we should serve God. How many people know it'd be a lot easier if we could just decide this is how I serve God? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it, it's like, oh man, I, I, I just wish I could just pick something easier, uh, just a way that, you know, I'll just serve God on my own. I'll, I'll just make up my own way of service to him and yeah, life would be a lot easier that way. It's just not how it works. Imagine, imagine going into a restaurant and, uh, and you, you go into this restaurant, you walk in, and the server is like sitting down. Uh, maybe they're, they're, they're at the bar. They're just like watching their show at the, up at the bar there. They're, they're eating. And you walk into this restaurant. The server's like, hey, guys, come on in. You know, you guys just sit down wherever you want. They go back to eating their meal. And you're like, what the heck? Why, why didn't they come and help us? And then uh, the server's like, what do you guys want to eat? And you're like, we don't even have a menu. And they're like, well, pick something. Just tell me what you want to eat. I'll make it happen. Uh, and so like, you're like, okay, I guess we'll get pasta. I don't know, whatever. And so you order your meal and server's like yelling at the kitchen, hey, make this for them. And you're like, what is going on? Why are they serving me? And then, you know, the food's ready and the server's like, hey, go get your food. And you're like, what are you doing? Why are you just like bossing us around like this? And, and, and uh, you know, serving us, serving us in this way. And server's like, yeah, if you need a drink, you know how to use them. They're, they're just like the ones at Arby's, you know, just go and get your drink on your own. And you're like, what is going on? And then dishes are done. They're like, yeah, go in the back, clean your dishes yourself. And, and you, you know, you can come into a restaurant like this and be like, how did that happen? Maybe you have had some experiences like this. Um, but that server might be serving you because it's the way they think that being a server, you know, that they're supposed to be a server. And they just came up with their own way of service. It's not what the restaurant owner told them they were supposed to do. It's just they're like, I'm just serving you how I think serving should go. And you're like, you would be like, what the heck is going on? I'm never going back to that place because they didn't serve me properly. And I think some of us do this with God. Is that we can, at times, I know I can, get comfortable 
and, and, and not want to do the tasks that God has set out before us and, and just said, oh, I'm just going to serve you in my own way. But I don't know about you, but I want to I mature in my faith. I actually want to align myself with the way God has asked me to serve him. Man, I, I just think that this is, we, we, we want to mature in our faith, and this is such a great example for us that God set out this task before us to be hospitable, to love those who are strangers to us. And spiritual maturity is us moving from just asking God for stuff to also then doing stuff for God. It's not a way that we earn our salvation. No, not at all. It's just a way that we mature and say, God, I, I actually want to do more than just ask you for stuff, which we love asking God for stuff. Hey, I do it every single day. But as I want to mature in my faith, I also want to say, God, what can I do for you? Put, put something in. Yeah, that, that's great. You can clap. Go for it. <laughs> Spiritual maturity is choosing that we're going to respond to God's commands as well. You know, as our children mature in our home, my wife and I, it's, it's, it's them moving from us doing stuff for them all the time to them being more responsible for the home, to them, you know, making their beds and putting away toys themselves. And, and, and it's uh, the maturity process is them starting to take care of themselves instead of just us doing for them all the time. And what happens as the maturity starts to build in them well, with our oldest, it's like, wow, we can trust him to go to bed a little bit later. We can trust him to bike around the crescent on his own. You know, we're giving him a little bit more freedom because he's shown us he can be mature. And this is, this, this is the same thing that we can do with God. It's that as we show God that he can trust us, he, he'll give us more. He'll trust us with more. And I, I, we, we, who wouldn't want to be trusted with more? And, and God says, as we're doing this, as we're loving people who are, who are strangers to us, we're actually ministering to God himself. It's taking us to a new depth in our faith. And what's so cool about this is that we don't get this chance to do this on the other side of heaven. And how many people know heaven's going to be amazing? It's going to be incredible. But there's opportunities that we get here on earth that we're not going to get in heaven. There's no evangelism in heaven right? There's no opportunity to love people who are far from God in heaven. We don't have that opportunity, but we do here and now today. And maybe the depth that we're looking for isn't so much us being fed, but us starting to do the feeding of God's people, meeting needs, helping them. And 1 Peter 4, 8 to 10 says, above all, Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, the context of this verse is that it was being written as a bunch of Christians were being persecuted and driven and fleeing from their homes. And so what, uh, what the instruction is in this verse is, is offer hospitality, love strangers, take them in, because it's literally a way that we're going to save Christians and thus move Christianity forward. And could I just submit to you today that I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say that we are going to do the same thing as we practice hospitality today. How many people know people need to know the love of God? 
People need to know how much God loves them, how much God cares for them, that there's freedom for them. And as we practice hospitality, we bring people in and we give them an experience with Jesus because they have an experience with us. We're full of the Holy Spirit. So as people uh, experience us, they're getting to know God a little bit more. It's beautiful. And I just want to encourage you today, you're born with incredible gifts. Man, God has placed so much talent and gift on your life that God's made you in a specific way for a specific purpose for such a time as this. And God has placed so much on your life. You're incredible. Man, you people are amazing. As I was writing this message this week, I just started reflecting on how incredible the people in this church are. I'm just feeling so blessed to, to, to actually just get to know some of you and thinking, man, some people need to know you. Some, some people need to be connected with you. Jazz Deep, people need to know you. People need to be connected with you. You got Chioma, people need to know you guys, you know? People need to be connected to you because as that happens, man, people are gonna start to connect with the Holy Spirit. They're gonna start to connect with the presence of God in their world and they don't even know it. The passion that's inside of you, people need to see. I would just say this. I don't think you think as highly of yourself as you ought to. That each one of you should use the gifts you have received. Your words carry weight. Your actions impact people deeply. You're made for more. You were born with spiritual gifts. Do you know that? And Peter tells us, use these gifts to serve one another as faithful stewards of God's Grace. So do you want to see God's grace happening in the world around you? You got to be God's grace. You, at times, you got to bring God's grace into places you go. In Romans 12, it walks us through some of these different spiritual gifts, serving, prophecy, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, mercy. Like these things can take place in our lives, and we just might haven't practiced it enough yet. Maybe we just need to start practicing some of them. And we can look back and go, was that fruitful? Did it bless someone? Not look for, you know, did, did someone respond to me? And, and, you know, did I get what I was looking for? Did I feel, you know, like I changed someone's life today? No, it's just about, was I obedient to God today? Was my heart open to a stranger? That's the way I'm going to worship him in my day-to-day -day life. I think sometimes even, uh, I want to stop on, on prophecy for a second here because Paul tells us to desire uh, prophecy more than any other gift. And so, you know, you think about prophecy and it might sound really intimidating. Like you have to be some kind of psychic, you know, for the future. And, and so it's scary. So people are like, I don't want to pr practice prophecy because I don't want to get it wrong. Like, so uh, prophecy, it's, yes, we're talking about the future. And yes, there's certain like mysteries that the spirit um, can impart into people. But really what prophecy is, is encouragement about the future. And so you don't have to be a, a fortune teller. You can really just encourage for the future. Let's, let's, just, let's just practice. Let me give you an example. Alex, Alex Tober, come here. Come on up. Sorry, Alex, just calling you out out of nowhere. Um, but uh, yeah, you can give him a hand. Hello, young man. How are you? Good, how are you? No one's ever asked me how I was doing in a message before. That's a new one. I like that. Um, so let's say I, I see, hey. So let's say I see Alex. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to do anything weird. Um, <laughs> Let's say I see Alex in the parking lot after church, and I'm like, I, I want to I prophesy about his future. And I see Alex, and he's having a cigarette. And I'm like, Alex, I'm going to prophesy over this young man. Young man, 
You keep smoking that cigarette, your teeth are gonna turn yellow, you're gonna get lung cancer, you're not gonna be able to breathe, you won't be able to run around, your fingers are gonna go yellow. There you go, that's my prophecy for your future. <laughs> Was that encouraging? Did that lift him up? No, and not that I'm not trying to hate on you if you smoke, it, it just is what it is, I'm just, I don't know, just came up with something this morning. What, what prophecy would be is I don't even have to come up with, okay, you know, how am I going to figure out his future? He's got blue shoes on. You know, maybe he's going to be a police officer. Alex, you're going to be a cop. That's not prophecy either. We're, we're, and, and sometimes God will, uh, will give us a word of knowledge for somebody. But if you want to prophesy, which Paul tells us to do, you can just go up to Alex and be like, Alex, I see how hard you work on those lights. I see how dedicated you are to this church, that you serve in that light booth every single week. I see how kind you are to people around you. And, and I, I just see so much for your future. I believe God's got something special in your life. Keep staying dedicated to him. If people don't understand it around you, that's okay. You just worry about serving God. And trust me, the future is gonna be bright for you. People are gonna see that in you. People are gonna be lifted up and encouraged because of your life, young man. That's, that's all prophecy is. You, you, it can be as simple as that. Prophecy is just encouragement about the future. So how are you going to use it? You know what a steward was? You know, when they talk about being a steward, what was that? A steward was someone who served the house manager. He had no wealth of his own, but distributed his master's wealth according to his master's will and direction. Wow. So a steward is not that we're, we have to, you know, build ourselves up and we get these special gifts that I'm such a steward of God's, you know, grace. I'm such a steward of God's gifts. It's all, all, you're, all you're doing is saying, okay, as God puts something on my life, I'm going to allow that thing to pass through me and into other people. I'm going to distribute encouragement. I'm going to distribute grace. I'm going to distribute generosity. I'm just going to allow these things to just pass through me because God's put those grace, that, that gift on my life, and it's allowing things to pass through you, not to build yourself up, but to serve God and be good stewards and wanting to see his grace happen in the world around us. So what do we do? We just let it pass through us into others. So good. You, and I'll tell you this, Obviously, we serve God in the house of God. Like that's part of serving him is that we're in church. That's why we're celebrating team night tonight. Team night, it's all about just celebrating what God's people are doing and how God's gonna continue to move the church forward because of people like you who serve God in the church. But he can also move the church forward outside these four walls. He better be doing that through all of us. That we go to work every day and we can decide here, I'm not just earning a paycheck, I'm serving God no matter what I'm doing in this place. That I, I'm gonna serve him. I'm gonna steward the gift that God has put on my life. And what am I gonna do? People's hearts are gonna be open to Jesus just by me saying, I'm gonna let that gift pass through me. Now, why would we do this? People don't deserve this. There's so many bad people in the world. You know, people cut us off and all the bad driving is happening again. And you know, I read a red light on the way to church this morning because I want to be out of time. You know, so how do we, how do, Joel, it's not a confessional, okay? Just <laughs> preach. Um, but why would we do this? Why would we love people in this way? I'll tell you right now, John chapter 21. Peter has denied Jesus. Jesus dies, comes back to life. And Peter says, I'll never deny you, Jesus. And Jesus is like, Okay, sure. Um, but he's, he's talking to Peter and he says this. When they'd finished eating, 
Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? So he's saying, do you love me more than the other disciples? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus says, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Third, third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. It's incredible to see God's grace happening, God's mercy happening here, that Jesus, knowing that Peter probably feels like an idiot, he probably feels so ashamed of himself. He's probably so frustrated because he's like, here's Jesus in front of me, raised from the dead, and I denied him. And I told him I wouldn't, and I'm pretty sure he knows I denied him. <laughs> but what does Jesus do? He gives him an opportunity to undo those denials three for every single time. He asks him three times, do you love me? And he, he responds, yes. What is he doing? He's undoing the denial. Isn't that cool? But on top of that, Jesus is letting him into his priorities. He's like, do you want to be a disciple of me? Do you want to grow in your faith? Do you want to be spiritually mature? Feed my sheep. You want to know how you can fix this, Peter? You don't have to go through the rest of your life feeling depressed and down on yourself about how you screwed up those three times. You want to know how you can fix this? Do you want to know how you can show me love? Feed my sheep. It's not about feeling shame. It's not about earning your salvation. It's just about, if you want to know how you can love me, take care of people. And we show Jesus love the way he asks us to love him. We don't get to decide what Jesus' love language is. We don't get to decide, okay, God, your love language is touch, you know? So I'm just, I'm just going to hug you, Lord, wherever you are, and, and that's going to be your love language. I'm just going to hug the Lord every moment when I woke up. Feeding a sheep is a part of his love language. This verse shows us that Jesus, yes, calls us to repentance, but he, he also calls us to love him after that. How do we love him? We obey his commands. When we talk about going deeper in our faith, we want to go beyond repentance. Obviously, repentance is so important. But he says, if you want to go past that, go into love. And hospitality is a way that we can show Jesus that we love him. It's not about getting people to love us or getting people to like respond to how amazing we are. But as disciples, this is how we can go deeper in our faith. We serve him the way he asks us to serve him. We feed, care, and shepherd those who he loves. Let's go back to that definition from the start for a moment. It's useful to limit the meaning of hospitality to benevolence done to those outside of one's normal circle of friends as implied in the literal meaning of the Greek word love of strangers. Do we want to live lives that serve Jesus? We need to love strangers. Now, you might be feeling a tension this morning as I'm talking, feeling like maybe you have too much on your plate already, or just feeling like, you know, I've tried this before and people didn't respond how I wanted them to respond. That's okay. We're not loving strangers for their response to us. We're loving strangers for our response to God. And you might even feel like, you have nothing to offer. You don't have enough to offer. Can I just tell you, just helping people feel seen, helping people feel like 
uh, someone actually cares about what they're going through, listening to people. Can I just tell you, you're full of the Holy Spirit. You can just ask the Holy Spirit when you leave the house in the morning, God, would you give me words for people? Would you give me direction? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to God, of, of God to be present in me, God's presence to be around me so that where I go, I'm aware I'm bringing the presence of God with me. And we do this acting upon God's direction, not people's response. We're doing all of this acting out of God's direction to love strangers, not for people to respond to us and say, oh, what a great person you are. You're amazing. Wow. And some of us, maybe we've been wrestling with this the entire service. We just feel like, well, people have used me. Last time this happened, it didn't go good. Or what if this? Or what if that? I think it's easy to excuse ourselves from the inconvenience, which this will be at times, because we've got other things on the go. But we're full of the Holy Spirit, and we have the answer that so many people spend their lives searching for, which is freedom in Jesus, salvation in Jesus, the love of Christ. And the church's job, our job as a church, is to worship God, to equip the saints. That's what you guys are. That's what we all are, the saints. And then go reach the world. And I think it's so easy to be like, it's the preacher's job, you know, get, get another Billy Graham to go reach the world. That's so good. Hey, it's great to have evangelists, but we all have opportunities to deeply reach the world everywhere we go and with everything we do every week. I think that's one thing that over the last couple of years, I've felt that there's tension of, man, we, we gotta go reach the world. We need to show people who Jesus really is and what Christians are really like. Because anytime I hear anybody say anything negative about a, a Christian, it hurts me. Or, or Christians in general, it hurts me because I know Christians and there's amazing Christians in the world. You people are incredible. I'm not ashamed of the word Christian. I'm not gonna, oh, I'm a disciple of Jesus because I don't want people to know. You know, you, There's incredible, incredible Christians. I, I know so many of them. And I think we have to get out there and show people, not because we're just trying to be showy, but it's our response to God. It's our worship to Him. I just wanna talk about something called Alpha for a minute. So many of you have, have heard of Alpha or maybe seen Alpha done at our church or another church in the past. And we just really feel that God's put on our heart to go strong with Alpha in 2023. In January, we're gonna launch what we're hoping is the, the most powerful Alpha um, we've ever done. We're really leaning into this thing. And Alpha is about creating space for people who are far from God to ask questions and to know a little bit more about, about God. Maybe they're at a place where they're unsure of this, or maybe they're, they're at a place where they're a brand new believer and they need some, some background, they need some questions answered. Uh, I, I just would just ask you this morning, would you pray about what God might have you do for Alpha? And maybe for you, it's something that you just pray and encourage. Maybe for you, it's something that you'd wanna come and lead a table at. Maybe for you, it's something that you'd bring a neighbor or a family member or a friend to. Um, would you just take a moment and just, just as the week goes, just maybe write it down to, to, to pray about what God would have you do for Alpha in January, because we're really believing God's gonna do something special. And it's gonna be a moment of hospitality where we can open up the church, offer a meal, 
and, and someone's life could be changed just by our simple love of strangers. And we're going to be talking about this for the next few weeks, but um, just different acts, aspects of it and angles of it. But um, I just wanted to leave you with this, maybe a little bit of a challenge this week. Um, if you could write this down, you'll forget it because you'll talk to somebody in the lobby and you'll be like, oh, I forgot what he said. If you could write this down, could I just challenge you? And I'm, I'm saying this because I'm going to do it and because I've done it and it's grown my faith. Go out of your way one time this week for a stranger in whatever way God shows you. Just take a moment this week and go out of your way and love a stranger and just see, see what happens. See what God will, will do with it. One thing is for certain is we can't look for the harvest uh, right there in the moment because I don't think, um, I just think Galatians 6, 9, don't become weary in doing good. You'll reap a harvest when the time comes. Who knows when that'll be? But I just want to encourage you with that. Would you try that this week? God, thank you so much for what an incredible, incredible group of people that we have here today. Thank you for the gifts that you've placed on all of them. God, thank you that you've placed us for such a time as this to go and be a light into the world around us. We don't take that lightly. Thank you for trusting us with that. God, I pray that we would carry that, that we wouldn't get so hung up on our burdens and, and our problems that we forget about the strangers around us who need to be connected to you, who need to feel your love. And we just thank you that you're trusting us with conversations, with moments, with opportunities to lead people back to you and to do as you commanded to feed your sheep. Hey, maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you feel like a stranger to God. You feel like maybe you're, you've been wrestling with this. Maybe you've been a little bit unsure about this whole thing, but today you know that Jesus died for you. God raised him from the dead and it's time to accept that and start living for him. Good news, the Bible says all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you'll be saved. And I wanna give you an opportunity to pray a prayer this morning to, to declare that you believe it, you confess it, and it's time to accept Jesus into your heart. I just ask that everybody who calls Celebration Church home to repeat this prayer after me in agreement with those praying it today. Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and dying on the cross to pay for my sin. I believe that you're my Lord and God raised you from the dead. And from now on, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's put our hands together for what God's done here today. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.